0: Welcome to the Money Tree Real Estate Investor Podcast, where we learn from real estate professionals across the industry. They will share about how they got into real estate, the big wins they have celebrated, the mistakes they have made along the way, and the advice they have for anyone following in their footsteps. Money really does grow on trees. Everybody, it's William Holland here for another episode of the Money Treat Real Estate Investor Podcast. I'm super excited today. I've got Bethany Finch with me. Uh, She is a founder of American Made Home Solutions. Uh, She's been empowering busy individuals and community leaders to create sustainable growth through financial freedom and helping them create legacy through real estate and financial literacy. And one thing I really like about her, is she keeps Christ at the center of her mission. So Bethany, it's great to have you today. How are you?
1: Oh, William, I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure to get to meet a fellow Christian for sure.
0: Amen. Yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of good people, uh, believers and non-believers in the real estate space. And that's one thing I really like about it is just being able to build those relationships and get to know people better. So I know you've been in real estate a long time. Uh, You've operated as many as eight different businesses. Um, Where did you get started? You know why why did you want to become an entrepreneur and how did you kind of step into that role
1: um so i have uh, been off and on on my own since i was about 10 years old in and out of foster care and different things and uh, had to learn how to figure out how to pay for school clothes and i wanted to do sports so i had to figure out how to pay that had to pay for meals all of that such and had to figure out how to do it well this is back in the day where Kids could still work and I had to figure out how to be creative. (laughs) So I did as much as I could every summer, uh, working two and three jobs. And then during the school year, I had to get a little more creative. So my entrepreneurial side started coming through. I started selling things to kids at school and finding ways to, you know, hey, you need to to get those chores done. I think you need to pay me five bucks. So I'll go do your chores and you. So started working the kids pretty good and then figured out I could work the parents pretty good. And kept myself funded through the years. And then by the time high school graduation, they're like, oh, you need to go to college. And I'm like, what would I want to do that for? And they said, well, you need to get a good job. And I, I'm thinking of all the jobs I've already done. And so I'm like, okay, if college is supposed to be a means to an end, I need a business degree and I'm not going to pay for it. So someone else has got to pay for it. So I was a merit scholarship and winner and uh, used that to pay for a business degree and said, okay, now what? I got into corporate America six months thinking that this was going to be it the dream job, the glass, you know, the view, the office, the whole six months later, I hated it. I hated it. I didn't want nothing with cubicle life. I didn't know. It was not for me. It was not my cup of tea. So I went back to the entrepreneurial world and figured out a way to make the life that my family needed, which was a lot of flexibility. And that's ultimately how I got started was the need to be there and, and for my family financially, but also physically present when
0: my kids were there definitely yeah no I think that's really cool um I I've never worked a fast food job you know I think yep. there, there are they're great opportunities for a lot of people but thankfully I just never had to do that I you know started my own lawn mowing business and you know was going to garage sales buying stuff selling stuff yep. you know and just um and it's just been it's been really cool to, to be a part of, you know, something like this where you do have the flexibility. So, you know, as I was telling you before the show started, I quit my job six months ago, going on month seven now. And, you know, just the flexibility and being able to to really focus wholeheartedly on the the goals and dreams that I have has been uh, really amazing. And it's been cool to see God just provide for me you know, with with the lack of a a consistent salary.
1: Right. Well, and I think, you know, your name, the Money Tree Podcast, it's, you know, you always hear the saying money doesn't grow on trees and it's like, but it does grow on trees, right? We fertilize the trees, we chop them down, we use them, we replant them. Pretty sure that's money growing on trees. (laughs) Only the ones that are looking at it going, hey, there's money there and doing something with it. They're the ones making the money, right?
0: Right. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, we'll definitely dive more into investing and, you know, real estate and all those good things. But that was really that was kind of the the imagery that I wanted to have, you know, with my not only my logo, which is a tree. So it's a an oak seed, an acorn, you know, sprouting and then growing into a sapling and then turning into a tree, you know, which can then turn into a forest. Um, but like you said, you know, it just it's something you, you start small. It takes time, it takes provisions and care, but, you know, with investing in real estate, you know, it can turn into something really great over time. So appreciate you yeah, highlighting the, the name and everything. That's cool.
1: Absolutely. Well, you know, McDonald's didn't start out McDonald's, right? Ray Kroc started with one restaurant.
0: <laughs>
1: it was a milkshake stand, you know?
0: <laughs> that's right. That's right. So... Uh, take us back. So you had you had eight different businesses. Did you start off in real estate as an entrepreneur or how did you get uh, focused on that area?
1: So um, I started some of the early businesses were direct sales businesses. I was Avon at one point. I was Pampered Chef. I was, um, um, I can't even think of all the different ones, trying to figure out okay, I need flexibility. I need income, but which ones I was, it didn't take me long to figure out I was trading time for money and I was defeating the purpose. It's like, that's not the, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to create another job. I'm trying to create a business. So there was no real business model in place for any of those. So I quickly scaled out of those and um, started a consulting business and started going to everything from hotels and motels. And I used it as a way to pay for our dates when we were first married and the kids were little and money was tight. So they were the ones paying for everything, paying for our date nights and and all that. And I'd go evaluate, do stuff afterwards. And they took care of us for a long time. And then I went, okay, this again, I I need to scale this. It's not big enough. So um, at that point I started looking and investigating and thinking about my retirement going, I got no retirement, what am I gonna do, right? This isn't gonna work. So I had $250 and I sat down with an Edward Jones guy, and this Edward Jones guy is like, well, $250 is the minimum to open your own IRA and get this started and this and that. And, and I'm like, but you're going to say what I invest in. Your, your little computer is going to put this in the algorithm and you're, oh, yeah, but it's going to be a growth fund and blah, blah, blah. And All I heard was absolute no control. You don't really care about me. I'm the smallest pea in your pod, you know, mm-hmm. and that didn't make a whole lot of sense to me, but I didn't know any other options. Right. Who's who's leading the financial industry as far as education. Right. I I didn't know who else to go to. So at that point, I'm driving back and I'm just discouraged. I just feel like that's not right. It's not a good fit for me. So I hear if you ever heard those on the radio. Hey, come spend two hours and learn about how to get started in real estate. You ever heard those?
0: Oh, yeah, too many too often.
1: (laughs) Well, I never heard one before and I heard one that day and I went, well, I'll go for free. I'll go listen. I'll take two hours of my time and go check this out. I wasn't even 30 minutes in and I knew this is what I needed to spend that 250 on. So about 250 paid for a three-day weekend. It gets better. Paid for the three-day weekend, the gas and the food uh, for that whole weekend for me and one of my brothers who was the uh, general contractor. And um, by the time day one was done, I already had my first property under contract. I already had a potential buyer lined up. And I'm like, this is it. This is great. So obviously it would make more sense to invest in the actual you know, training and education if you did all this with me with just this little tiny bit. Um, so I saw the value of the education quick. I hit the ground running, didn't know what I didn't know. So I, my first property I get under contract, well, that buyer fell out. My coach is like, oh, well, you're not gonna be able to wholesale this. And I'm like, well, why not? And he's like, well, you wrote the contract wrong. <laughs> so I had just enough information to get started, but not enough to do it right. And so he's like, "You're just gonna. This is gonna be a learning lesson, Bethany. You're gonna lose your earnest money." And I'm like, "I'm not losing a hundred bucks. No way!" I said, "Isn't this what I paid you to teach me how to do?" He's like, "Yeah, but we only got three days." And I'm like, "So, so, <laughs> in three days, we learned how to get everything set up to flip my very first property, and um, get it all done, figured out. Um, didn't didn't lose my hundred dollars earnest money, and that started our our renovation side of the business. We'd already been in multifamily at that point." My husband had started as a groundskeeper and had worked his way all the way up through asset management. But on the corporate side, they don't like to promote you to asset management because then they got to pay you and then they got to do these shares and all this. So they literally kept him as a maintenance supervisor on 5,000 doors and paid him a maintenance supervisor wage. And he was 200 miles a day and just away from the family, stressed to the max, massive contracts and this and that. I was doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes to help him get through all of it. And um, I'm like, you know, we could do this. We could own our own apartments. And he's like he just couldn't just, he couldn't understand it. He was a great employee, had no business sense and had no idea how that could be possible. So the moment I realized I, if I could flip one property, I could flip the whole apartment unit. Right. So I started looking to buy apartments and that made way more sense. The numbers are much more logical. And I started doing it without him knowing because he was afraid and wanted me to stay in single family. And I'm like, that's a job. I don't want a job. (laughs) So that's how it just kind of the snowball kept going. And it just kind of kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger.
0: Passive investors in real estate are able to receive a check every month. Some people call that mailbox money. We say money really does grow on trees. This is the website at biggerpictureholdings.com where we have a ton of free resources to help you learn more about planting your very own money tree. That's awesome. So you started getting a lot of momentum. So currently, you know, what type of projects are you doing at this point in your career?
1: So definitely multifamily. Um, we've gone down as small as 40 units, um, all the way up to, we don't like to go above about 330. Um, I'm not a big fan of like cities and they kind of tend to be that once they get that size. Um, but we're also doing build to rent now. So we're doing ground up development. But what we saw in COVID was that people didn't want to be trapped into their apartments, right? With this kid on zoom and this kid on zoom and mom and dad trying to be on zoom and, many people in too many spaces so they wanted single family houses so we're doing build to rent which is single family houses but it still has the amenities of the apartments so it's a big community and so you get that community feel but you also um, get your space so they help yards things like that Um, so we're doing those ground up developments we got three of those going and then i still do multi-family renovations and regular syndications and then we're um, also uh, working on getting some um, multi-family office conversions going trying to get 10,000 doors in three years back into the work, workforce housing. So that's our main focus, our main goal. And that's going to take a lot of collaboration with some really good people doing some amazing things. And we believe God has shown us the need is great. But how do you meet that need? So finding that and working that and figuring that out, God just continues to reveal more and more to us. So um, on the conversion side of things, we're 100 percent remote. So we're traveling all across the country. What we see everywhere is empty office space, empty retail space just sitting there. And we need housing more than we need this empty space sitting there doing nothing. So um, we're actively looking at and working in partnerships to convert that empty space into usable space. So does it make sense to convert back to retail? Not necessarily. So some of it we're converting into multifamily, some of it we're converting, actually uh, one of our partners is converting it into storage. So for us, it's um, all of it. It's all amazing partnerships that we're doing. So sometimes we're on the asset management side. Sometimes we're on the equity side. um, Sometimes we're on the acquisition side. We just have so many different roles and depends on which market and what the need is. Because different partnerships have different needs, right?
0: right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So what's some of the biggest challenges in converting office space or retail space to the workforce housing?
1: Keeping the numbers down. Um a lot of times because it's a commercial space you're dealing with commercial contractors and commercial contractors are used to ramping up their pricing for that. So keeping the numbers down, because if you can't keep the numbers down and we can't keep them in check, then it doesn't fit that workforce housing model. Because then you're having to raise the rent to pay for the cost and then now you're dealing with luxury instead of workforce housing, so not necessarily making it a luxury but still offering whatever amenities we can, right? We may not be able to put a pool on the rooftop, but we can put a walking track in or we can put a pet area in, or we can get maybe a cooperative with a gym and they can get all free gym memberships, things like this. So we can keep our costs down. Cause that is, you know, the space is the premium and converting, you know, huge spaces, right? Somebody, everybody wants a window, at least one in their house. So you can't just put an empty space in the middle say, oh, that's an apartment. You got to be a little more creative than that.
0: I understand. Yeah. So do you also run into problems with like permitting and, and rezoning of those spaces as well?
1: Only in areas where it hasn't sat vacant very long. So areas where it's sat vacant for a long time, they're like, please tell us what to do. I mean, they, cause they see it as an eyesore. Right. But they also know the need for housing is so great. So sometimes it's that a lot of the office space already has like the sprinkler systems and things of this nature. So that's a big conversion issue that you, you don't have to worry about. Um, they, a lot of the, I would say this younger generation that doesn't want to own homes like the industrial look. So it's, um, we don't necessarily have to redesign things that would go against that code. So beams awesome. open. We can keep fire doors, different things like this.
0: Yeah, that's awesome, you know, and I think that's so cool that you know you're able to take something that is, you know, vacant or just needs some tender loving and care and and retenant it or rebuild it or rezone it, you know, whatever it takes just to to make it useful once again. That's that's pretty incredible.
1: Yeah, and you know, honestly, that's we're just trying to do anything we can to get it out there as quickly as possible because the the huge gap. I mean, they're saying it's up to six million units. We are short. That gap's not going to get get better in tomorrow, right? It's going to take years if you're starting from the ground up. So you've got to find ways to fill those gaps faster and you've already got vacant buildings. So let's take advantage of that. I can get those ones up and go in, you know, six months less than a year easily in most places.
0: That's awesome. So where, where do you want to, I mean, you want to go back to full-time ministry. I know we talked about that before, but um, you know, how, how quickly are you wanting to do that? And, and what is, What about what you're doing now is going to allow you to be able to step away from these things to do that?
1: So um, one of the things that you'll learn as when you're the person that starts a business, you're the founder, you're the visionary, you aren't necessarily the person that gets it to the next level or gets it, you know, oftentimes you're the one that puts the right people on the bus doing the right jobs. And then as you phase out, they get it to that next level so that's kind of where we're at and i'm looking at each of our relationships very strategically because i'm trying to get my time back to me i'm trying to work out of a job Um, i've got some health issues and things that i'm always going to have to deal with and so recognizing that i want my time to be free to do the things that i want to do in the ministry Um, We do storm recovery and some different things, but we mostly want to focus on um, working with the sex trafficking victims. So to do that, I need my time. I need my mind free creatively. So really making sure that we've got the right people on the right bus, doing the right things um, is what we're really focused on. And um, it'll be within the next three years. We'll have that all in place. So we're looking forward to that for sure.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Um I guess to kind of wrap things up, you know, one of the what's like the most exciting thing that you've you've been able to do through real estate so far.
1: Um There's so many that are exciting. Like the first time we we do a um first time home buyer's program, anybody that's been in one of our rentals, single family or multifamily, if they've been in our program for a year, we allow them to come alongside us and we do a first time home buyer's program that um we help them, they have to go through our financial training program to get qualified to buy a home. Then when they figure out the price point that they can afford, we go out and find a flip home and then they put in sweat equity with us. Then we keep the price down so that they can afford it. We already know they're qualified and then ultimately we're able to sell it to them. So if, if price starts creeping up because some changes have been made or whatever, they're choosing, okay, well, let's not do this because I can do that later. Or Bethany, you don't have your guys do this. Just do the roof we'll take care of the paint things like that and seeing how many times you know when you hand over those keys to them and they're just falling when they're sending you the first picture of them their thanksgiving their first christmas you know their um, first birthday party it's so empowering to realize you've been able to change a person's life by simply providing something that is just a necessity of their life so it's pretty exciting to see that Um, It's always exciting to see God's hand in the smallest of things. So whether it's helping a contractor who's feeling discouraged and frustrated because he knows how to be a roofer, but he has no idea how he's ever going to retire because he knows nothing about business and being able to come alongside him and show him. Look, let me help you here. We can teach you this. We can show you this. You come alongside us you do these, you take care of this, we take care of you. And um, it's an amazing thing to see them light up when now they can see hope at the end of their tunnel. Because so many contractors give up because they see no hope. And we need as many tradespeople as we can. They're far and few between and not enough going to school for it. So it's always exciting.
0: Definitely. Yeah, that's amazing. It's really cool and inspiring to know that there's people like you out there just you know, making a difference beyond making a buck. So I commend you on that.
1: Yeah. Well, that's just the Lord. I just got to be the one used for it, right? Someone's going to do it. I'm just thankful it was me in those times for sure.
0: That's awesome. Well, uh, how can people get in contact with you, Bethany, if they'd like to learn more or or connect with you further? (laughs)
1: sure so linkedin is the best way to reach out to me um we have obviously we have our own youtube channel the great thing about our youtube channel it's under our company name american-made home solutions and the great thing about that is it's chock full of five years of free education they can learn anything they want to from executive rentals to credit to um, how to get started in real estate to apartments single family it's all on there so it's a huge resource and then um, we have lots of opportunities there. They can reach out to us. So if they're wanting to, a lot of times the business owners are the ones that actually need the credit help because they never set up business credit. So we actually built an entire business credit program to help contractors and business owners get it off their personal side, get that on the business side, build it out, scale their business. And um, so many people just don't know that and don't know how to do it the right way. So we built that out and that's, all that information's on there. They just need to reach out.
0: Awesome. Well, it's been a pleasure to have you today and thank you so much for joining.
1: Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you, William.
0: Like and subscribe below. A new episode will air every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Are you looking for more content? Visit our website, biggerpictureholdings.com. And remember, money really does grow on trees.